the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. Good morning. Happy Friday to you. That's right. It's Friday. We made it through another week. Market's taking a little bit of a on the chin, though, in the second half of the week. Wednesday and Thursday, bad days to be a stock market participant, but eh, it's been a good six, seven months, so it's really tough to complain, all things considered. Job losses. This is the big headline of the day. It's going to be job losses. I already will let the cat out of the bag, so to speak. Job losses are going to be far worse than expected in the month of September. Now, we can talk a lot of things today. We can talk a little Olympics. I'm happy Chicago didn't get the Olympics. I'm one of those people that um, I don't like them. It's nice for tourism, but the effect isn't long-lasting. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. We don't have anything crazy planned today, so it's just me and you cruising for two hours, talking about money, talking about investing, talking about the Olympics. We could talk about Bank of America. We could talk about ways to save on travel. I've got 20 good ideas to save on travel. Me, personally, I like to save money. I think wealthy people like to save money. I think they're more frugal than you would imagine. In large part, sometimes it took us a long time to get to where we wanted to get to. And we learned how to save money early on in the, in the relationship, so to speak. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Let's talk about, um, let's just talk briefly, briefly about the Olympics. I don't have a lot about it. Obviously, they're going to get a Rio de Janeiro. I don't know if you know this, but to even put your city's bid in for an Olympic bid, $50,000. So Chicago, they had to say, you know, we'll play, we'll pony up. Richard Daly, who is the mayor of Chicago, uh, ponied up $50,000. Hosting the event typically is going to cost you anywhere between $15 billion and what China spent. China spent $40 because China didn't have any of the infrastructure in place. Now, Chicago would have had infrastructure in the place, so it wouldn't have been as expensive, but they would have had to update a lot of the infrastructure across the United States. So China spent $40 billion. Now, the opportunities are plentiful. You get, you know, 75,000 contracts out of it. A lot of business. You know, it, it economically does perk things up. There's no doubt about it. Sydney, Australia, remember when the Olympics were there in 2000? Didn't really work out for them because it was so far away from the rest of the world that it was uh, it was tourist-oriented that people really didn't say, okay, let's all go to Australia and see what we just saw as far as the country goes. That's what they wanted. They wanted economic development and tourism to come out of it. Didn't really happen. Greece, it was a historic event, but it was largely a government-run event and wasn't really a big success either. China clearly was a big stage for the world to say, hey, we are a world economy. But again, not worth the investment. Anyway, it's funny to think about $40 billion is... Uh, small now when you see our stimulus plan in the United States at you know one two trillion dollars, and that's what it's kind of all about stimulus. Let's see where do we go from here. Let's talk about the stock market. 
And if you want to drop me an email, you can drop me an email. email speaking English, Rob. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Some of the top stories today. I think the top story has to be this employment report. And I'm, I'm, I'm sounding like a broken record, but this is what we're going to be worried about for the foreseeable future. People are 20 years old, 25, 30. They're going to have a tough time getting a job. Why? Because people who are older are doing everything they can to protect their job. The employment report came out in, for the month of September, and it was worse than expected. Consensus expectation was that labor would improve. You'd see some projected payrolls that would decline by only 175000 The numbers actually came in down 263000 That's worse than even the ADP employment report told us. Now, the unemployment rate declined one-tenth of a percentage point to 9.8%. Exactly what people were thinking. Now, the civilian labor force declined by 571,000 positions in the month of September. That's awful. Now, in August, we had an increase of about 73,000. So if the labor force held steady in September, the unemployment rate would have increased to 10.2%. Now, again, broken record. There's more bad news in this. Private work. Private weekly hours worked declined one-tenth of an hour to 33 hours. That's important because you don't add jobs until people start getting stretched 35, 36, 37 hours in a work week. And as someone who's trying to support a family, it's a little bit easier to do it on 35, 36, 37 hours a week than it is on 33 hours a week. So the drop in hours worked and the lack of strong increase in pay pushed weekly earnings down two-tenths of a percent. So that's going to equal lower consumption from people. And it's going to, again, play into the whole cycle. If we're not spending money, then ultimately we're not hiring people to, cre- to make up for the demand. Now, government payrolls declined 53000 That's crazy. You don't hear that very often in your lifetime, that government payrolls are down. But why are they down? Pretty simple. State budget cuts forcing people to you know, fire, forcing states to fire people or let them go. Better word than firing, I guess. Soft, huggy, happy Rob Black today. Construction manufacturing employment declined by 115,000. Service jobs down 147,000. Retail jobs down 39,000. The only area of our economy that hired employees? Education and health services. But listen to this. It was only 3,000 jobs in the United States. Not good. Not good. So, That's going to paint our weekend. That's going to paint Wall Street today, is the jobs report. Now, the first day of October started like the first day of September did, but things got worse yesterday. Yesterday, the S&P 500 down 2.5%. It's pretty rough. Why is the first day so rough? It's interesting, right? The start of September couldn't have been a bigger head fake because September 1, we went down 2.2%, but then boom, boom, we were up 3.5% for the month of September when it was all said and done. Now, all that is known at this point is that market's going to have to dig itself out of a hole to close October with a monthly gain. So today we start a little bit weaker, but not much. Not a lot of follow-through from yesterday. Remember, one thing that's been stunning about the stock market in the last couple of months, in the last seven months, is you get one down day, two down days, one, two, three up days. The down days are quickly wiped out. The market's been more attentive to weaker-than-expected data than it has been in the past weeks, True. And this economic data is awful. Total vehicle sales plunged 35% from August. Remember, we had the cash for clunkers and everyone was all happy about the automotive industry. Well, the month after it ends, total vehicle sales down 35%. So it's fair to say 
it was a short-term gain, and it probably left no lingering long-term momentum. And what it probably did leave was consumers who were strapped, and many of those consumers who can't get a job or work as many hours as they want to. So that was one of those government stimulus things that probably wasn't too well-conceived. Now, both the manufacturing work week and factory overtime decreased. And again, that's really important to watch. There was one glaring statistic in the economic data that 35.6% of people officially counted as being unemployed have been out of work for now 27 weeks or longer. That's up 33% from the month of August. So people are starting to really be out of work. 27 weeks. Think about that for just a second. That's six months. Six plus months of being out of work and, and continue to get an unemployment check. And they can't find a job. That's a long time. Typically, people like me will tell you to have an emergency fund that can last two to six months. So that in, in down times when you do lose a job, you can go out and get a job in two months. But now the average person, not the average, but 35.6%, one out of three people, are, it's taken them longer than six months to find a job. Can you imagine being without a paycheck for six months? I can't. It would freak me out. Now, if I were to include marginally attached workers, total employed part-time for economic reasons, the total unemployed as a percentage of the civilian labor force, it's at 17%. That's the real unemployment rate. You know, a lot of us lose our jobs and people like me will say, go, go to Home Depot, go get some cash flow coming in, go you know, deliver pizzas, do whatever you have to, get some cash coming in. And that's, that's great and wise and lovely and, and, and good, but that's not what we want. So they're saying now the real unemployment rate is at about 17%. The employment picture, quite simply, is not good in the United States. It's just not good. It's bad. Now, one person that I like to read a lot whenever she writes is Meredith Whitney. Meredith Whitney wrote an op-ed article today in the Wall Street Journal. And she says, small business credit crunch continues. What's going to get us to the point where we're hiring people again? It's going to be the small businesses. Anyone counting on meaningful economic recovery will be greatly disappointed. How does she know? She follows credit. And credit is contracting. Access to credit is being denied at an accelerating pace. In her op-ed piece, she says, large, well-capitalized companies have no problem finding credit. Small businesses, on the other hand, have never had a harder time getting a loan. Since the onset of the credit crisis over two years ago, available credit to small businesses and consumers has contracted by trillions of dollars. And that phenomenon is reflected in the dismal consumer spending trends. A lot of small businesses want to spend money, but they can't. Now, equally worrisome are the trends in the small business credit, which is contracted at one of the fastest paces of any lending category. Small business loans are hard to find, and credit cards have been cut by 25% last year. Unfortunately for small businesses, credit lines cuts are only about halfway through. Now, home equity loans, also historically a key funding source for startup small businesses, they're not a source of liquidity anymore because more than 32% of home loans are worth less than their mortgages. That's a stunning fact, isn't it? One in three homes is worth less than the mortgage. I believe that we're at the early stages of the second half of the credit cycle, she says. I expect another $1.5 trillion of credit card lines to be removed from the system by the end of 2010. Whoa. So she's saying lending for the average small business and the average person is going to get worse before it gets better. Hmm. Chew on that for a second. 
800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. I got some tech talk for you today. I got some uh, mortgage modification comments that I want to throw out there for you today. And um, what else do I got? Beer. I got beer for you on the show. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Listening to Rob Black, 9 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Black talking all things financial. You can call the show 800 345 5639. It's 800 345 5639 to get your calls in the air. First and foremost, I just got an email that it's kind of reflects what people do wrong. And I think people do more wrong with their money than they do necessarily right. Ultimately, doing it right's easy, doing it wrong takes work, but people put a lot of work in their money and they usually mess it up. Danita, she sends an email and she says, hi, Rob, listen to you as much as I can. Would be interested in your thoughts for the East Bay real estate market for the fall and winter. We just sold our house and want to move out to the Dublin Pleasanton area. We were hearing conflicting info on the status of REOs. Some say that the banks are holding on to them to control the market. Others are saying the banks are behind releasing them. Have you heard of the $8,000 new buyer credits can be extended? We're wondering if we should rent for a while and see how the market shakes out or we should actively purchase now. Any ideas on what's going to happen with interest rates? Well, first and foremost, let's talk interest rates. They're at freaking, freaking record lows right now. What, what do you want them to do? Go to nothing? Or maybe negative where that bank actually pays you money? So the mortgage rates, you're not going to do better than this. And the fear is, is that a year from now, maybe it's a percentage point higher, which I'll tell you. That's cataclysmic. It's cataclysmic of a difference as far as 30 years investing in a home. So I think the rate's a lot more important than the current price. I know you're saying, really? I think it's it, if you're going to be in the home for a long time, yeah, absolutely. I think the cost of money won't get much cheaper. Now, would I rush out and buy in Pleasanton? No chance on the planet. Now, I don't like Pleasanton. To me, it's a little bit too far east. I have nothing against Pleasanton. But to me, it's a little bit too far east. I mean, next stop is Tracy. You know, as far as where you're going. There's too much land out there. Now, let's say you have your husband, Danita, and he's a great guy. And you just want to come home and make love, sweet love to him and raise the kids in a good neighborhood. And there's a a big yard. You got a yard the size of a football field. Great. But don't look at it as an investment. You're thinking too much about this. A home is where you live. It is a liability. It is not an investment. Can prices fall further? Yes. Do I expect prices to fall further? Yes. Will it work out for you over the next 10, 20, 30 years? Probably. Would I rent now for another year or two? Yeah. What you really need to be doing, Donita, is figuring out how much money you got, how much money you can afford on a monthly basis, You need to come up with a good down payment so you can get a good rate. And you need to clear up your credit right now. And you need to find the house that you want. 
I would buy the best community in Pleasanton. I wouldn't buy a fringe community, hoping that it'll get better. I'd buy the best. In large part, down the road, let's say you and your sugar booger decide to move to L.A. He gets a movie contract. He's going to become a movie star like Eric Estrada. Estrada. And someone's going to buy your house. Who's going to buy your house? If it's in the best neighborhood, done deal. Ching. People always want to live there. If it's in the up-and-coming neighborhood, eh, maybe some will. But you want 10 people to want to buy your house, not two. So, me? I think real estate has a little further to go down, sure. But I like the rates. So, if you can afford your rate, and you think you got a good job for 10 years, and you find a good neighborhood, and you don't get into a bidding war, absolutely would I buy a home right now. Yes. But again, I don't see a home as an investment. I see a home as a liability. And you just, I mean... It's almost like you have to say, I agree to that. And if you don't, you don't. Fortunately, it's not Mountain House that you're looking at. Let's talk about some uh, California stories. California attorney Jerry Brown. He's filed suit against two businessmen who run a credit repair company. Brown says the two, a guy named Todd Swick and Mike Sardo, have ignored repeated warnings that they must register their business with the state and post a $100,000 bond. He says the lawsuit is intended to make sure that all credit repair firms follow the law. Here's a tip. The only one who can repair your credit is you. There's no sense in paying someone to fix your credit. You can do what they can do. <sighs> I know there's commercials on the station. There's commercials on radio and television on, hey, pay us to fix your credit. Don't do it, people. Don't be stupid. I mean, you're, you're a fool. Go Google how to repair my credit. First thing you can do is, you know, get your bills under control. You know, you don't, you don't want your credit cards maxed. That's bad. Another thing you could do is get a secured credit card and use it. Credit is one of those wickedly evil things because to have a good credit score, you have to use credit. And our, our, our society, we don't like credit. We think credit's bad. Credit is bad, but credit's also good. Credit gives you the ability to go to college and pay for it later. Credit gives you the ability to buy a house and pay for it later. So you see the good and bad. You need to have a good credit score to get the good college loan and get get the good home loan. Um, With that said, eh, never pay anyone to fix your credit. Next up, California. There's a bill that's being targeted for mortgage modification counselors. It would forbid them to collect money from homeowner clients before the client's mortgage is modified and monthly payments are reduced. I don't know if this one's going to get through. With that said, consumer advocates... And a Santa Barbara lawmaker, they're urging Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger to cite a bill that would protect homeowners from predatory firms that collect advance payments after bragging about their ability to persuade lenders to lower monthly mortgage bills. Doesn't this stink? People got into their head. They, they're like, everyone's making money in real estate. Everyone's making money in real estate. I got to own real estate. So they finally you know, get in and buy real estate and the real estate market crashes. And now they're upside down. And they keep hearing about this loan modification. Everyone's doing a loan modification. Everyone's doing a lot of loan modification. And you can hear commercials where the guy says, I lowered someone's payment free. They're living in their house free. I mean, some of the claims you hear are ludicrous. And they're getting hosed by these people. So-called debt modification counselors, they collect thousands of dollars in fees. And sometimes they do nothing while lenders foreclose on the properties. Now, the measure is called AB 764. It would prohibit counselors who advertise heavily with official-looking direct mail from collecting any payment until after a client's mortgage is modified successfully. <laughs> That's a good deal, right? 
It's almost too good to be true, though. Now, AB 764 will end these scams. Good. If enacted, the bill will carry a civil penalties up up to $20,000 for an individual and $60,000 for a corporation, plus a possible criminal penalty of up to one year in county jail. Tough penalties are needed. So, um, let's see. I'll give you an example. There's a Kirsten Feist. She's a disabled senior citizen. She's in danger of losing the home that she's lived in since 1963. After her parents died, she paid $3,000 to a loan modification counseling service in Irvine to reduce her interest on her expensive adjustable rate mortgage. The company, which claimed a 98% success rate, promised to negotiate with her lender. Um, She received a notice to vacate in March after learning that her home had been sold three months earlier. She's fighting the eviction. The house is gone after 45 years of living in it. Now, here's a weird, sick question. How can you live in a house 45 years and not have it paid off? That's just nuts. Anyway, Schwarzenegger, uh, he has until October 12 to consider signing the bill. So good. You know, it's nice to see some of our California lawmakers trying to protect people from scam artists. And trust me, doing a loan modification, you have got to be feared, scared out of your mind. Because A, you're thinking you're going to lose your home. B, you're upside down in your home. C, you've never been in this position in your life before. And D, suddenly law firms are saying, we'll represent you for $4,000. And there's no guarantee. That's like adding insult to injury sometimes. I do have one mortgage modification attorney that I like, that I trust, that does good work, and that I've seen emails from clients who say they successfully got their mortgage modified. If anyone needs a referral, I'll gladly send it out to you. Anyhow, and anyway, it's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. What are you listening to? What are you listening to right now? It's 9, 10 a.m. It's 9, 10 a.m. It's stimulating talk radio, in theory. <laughs> Today's show, maybe not so much, but in theory. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. I'm lonely. I'm lonely. during the commercial break. One of the emails that just came in. By the way, I'm Rob Black. I'm your big brother who knows a lot about money. I'm the white Oprah. That's about all I got for you. So I know a little bit about everything, but a lot about money. Anyhow, um, this one says, my wife and I are retired and want to contribute to a 529 college plan for our three grandchildren. I've looked into Fidelity, which I believe offers four to five different state funds. Uh, Should I invest in the California one? No. California one's good. Uh, Nevada and Utah, better. So, and as a grandparent, that's great that you're going to be saving money for your kids, uh, grandkids' college. Make sure you talk to the parents, though. In large part, you may be thinking that you're doing a good thing, but the parents may get pissed at you. Um, people get mad about money in funny ways, and it's tough to explain why, and I don't understand it. But uh, there's a good website that you should push the parents towards. It's called uh, savingforcollege.com. Savingforcollege.com. It's the best site there. And also, there's a, a good program that I actually use um, da, 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 called, um, why am I forgetting the name? You Savings? No. Wow, I'm embarrassed by that. Um, I'll think about it in just a second. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to Anna Christina in, where are you, Anna Christina? San Jose. San Jose. What's up, Anna? 
I am uh, calling because you said you have the attorney that does a loan modification. Here's my situation. Maybe you can uh, um, guide me here. Um, I have uh, two homes in uh, Los Baños, and I have one in San Jose, which is my primary home. And the ones in Los Baños, like one of them, I'm down. At, I paid just 399, and it's worth 80,000 right now. Those are rental properties. What are the chances that the banks will work with me? A little bit less because those were investments and those aren't homes that you're living in. And I'm guessing Los Banos, where's Los Banos at, out of curiosity? Um, that's Merced County. Okay, let me pull it up real quick. Um, um, I'm going to give you the, the name of the attorney in just a second. Uh, okay. My internet's well, just... Every time who I uh, ask the question like to the uh, real estate people and everything, they're all... Oh, just let it go. Just let it go. But then I don't. I'm scared that you know the at the end of the year I'm going to have to pay taxes on all these properties, knowing the what I have. You bought. Whoa! I'm just uh, pulling up where Los Banos is. Um, those homes are never going to be what you want them to be worth ever again. Um, I mean, you bought basically in the sticks. Now, what I would do is I would immediately see an attorney, and I would not just let it go. Just let it go. Just let it go. In large part, that can come back to haunt you. Um, meet with an attorney, spend the money, and they'll tell you the ramifications of it. The person that I recommend is a woman named Michelle McGill, and she lives in or she works in San Francisco. I do not get a kickback from her. I do not get anything funny from her. Um, I refer to her as a boring attorney, i.e. she's not going to promise you 98% success rate. When you call her Anna Christina, she may look at you and go, what the hell were you thinking? Um, I mean, she's that kind of... I think she's that kind of good. So her website is San Francisco real estate lawyer.com San Francisco real estate lawyer.com. And her name's Michelle McGill. So just go to Google and type in Michelle uh, spelt like Michelle's typically spelt. And then McGill is M C G I L L. And that's what I would do. Um, I'd learn about your ramifications and your options. Let's go to Matt. Who's on the road, Matt. Matt. Yeah. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, I, uh, what you were talking about earlier, um, top of the hour, shortly thereafter, was just this uh, this contraction, this continued contraction in the uh, uh, the credit market for small businesses. What what's driving that? Um, I can give you a pretty good example. It's, it's small banks. No, no, no. Small businesses work with mid to small sized banks, and the small to mid sized banks do a lot of commercial loans, and the commercial loans are aggressively failing. On top of that, they sometimes do credit cards, and credit cards are at 10% default rates. So what's happening is the small to mid-sized banks don't want to lend any more money out right now because for every $33 they lend out, they actually have to have $1 of cash. And when you have companies failing aggressively, you have real estate failing aggressively. Um, they're trying to tighten you know, who they give money out to. Uh, one small business that I know used to run up $60,000 a month on American Express they paid it off every month. Now they're only allowed to run up $20,000. So their access to capital is a lot smaller. And some small businesses, they live on that. I mean, they, they live off that. We need to spend money for the next 30 days in order to make money for the next 30 days to make our payroll. So um, it's basically banks just covering their, their A. What is, what's the end game? I mean, how long, really, how long can this go on? I just, I've just been bludgeoned with more and more bad news today. I think it's through 2010. So I, I don't think we get back to a healthy environment uh, at least through 2010. Wow. So okay, yeah, batting down All the hatches. Right. 
800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. And again, uh, when I say through 2010, that could change a little bit, depending on stimulus, depending on if it works or not, depending on um, you know foreign countries and what's working there and what's not working there. But banks in America are running scared. And one thing that's happening is commercial loans are kind of like the next shoe that's hitting them. And we're still seeing arm resets on individual homes. Um, Lord knows I get, you know, four to six emails a day on I'm upside down in my home. What should I do? And it sucks. I mean, it's almost downright depressing. And I, I guess I come to work with optimism every day, but it does start to, to, to grow on you. Go to Danny in Roanoke Park. Danny. Yes, I was just going to ask about, uh, they had a, a an advertise before your show about bonds. They're selling bonds for California or something like that. I don't know if you've heard about them. Sure. What are you asking? Uh, if you think it's a good investment. What? Tell me about you, Danny. Um, well, <laughs> we have a little bit of savings, but okay. uh, we don't know what how to invest them. How old are you? Um, 38. Okay, 38, and that means you've worked 20 years, roughly, 18 years of your life. Yeah. Um, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom, maybe you're not kind of thing. But you and your spouse, I'm sure your spouse is about the same age? Yes. Okay, how much money do you have saved for the years that you don't work, i.e. 60 to 100? Uh, we have uh, that we can invest about 50. 50,000? 50, what, yeah. what else do you own or what else do you owe? Uh, we don't, uh, just a house. Okay, so you, you do own a house? How are you doing in that house? Uh, we're doing okay. Okay. So you've owned it for 10 years probably, right? Um, no. We had, this is our second home. Okay. So, yeah. So. We've been here for about five years. Okay. So you, okay. So you've probably done okay. Um, how much does your family make? Around 60. 60? Okay. You need to start, and you have nothing saved right now, right? Just what we just the cash, the cash, right? The fifty thousand. Yes. Okay. Now, any kids? Yes, two. Two. Okay, they're expensive. Um, so you factor that in sixty thousand dollars with two kids and not a lot of savings. What I would do, Danny, is and thanks for the call. I would thanks. I would run as fast as you can and get the book. It's called The New Rules About Money by Rick Edelman. The chapters are three pages long, so you can put it in the bathroom, and every time you have a bowel movement, you can read a chapter. It's 88 chapters, and I guess, you know, if you're pretty regular, you'll have it done in less than a month. And if you're not so regular, maybe it'll take two to three months to finish, but then you'll know everything that you need to know. You don't know enough at this point in time, and thanks for the call. Thanks. Um, get the book, The New Rules About Money by Rick Edelman, and read it. And with the $50,000, you don't want bonds, because you need better than bonds. And what you're going to learn in that book is that stocks average 10% returns. Bonds average 5 to 6% returns, and real estate averages 4 to 5% returns. So now real estate, you can get leverage in. And you can do the same thing with stocks, so don't get too crazy. Long story short, I wouldn't buy bonds. You need more growth than you need income. Growth of stocks versus income of bonds. Now, that doesn't mean you have to get stupid and buy every single stock out there or every new tech stock out there, the next Google you don't have to do that, but I think you need to read that book because I think you're barking up the wrong tree by going after California bonds. Would I buy a California bond? Yeah, but I need income. I've got enough stocks. I'm good on the stocks. I could use a little income. It's nice. Let's go to another call. Let's go to Joe in Walnut Creek. 
Joe. Hello. Hey. Hey, I was uh, wondering if I get your opinion on Core Blood America. So, uh, you probably won't like the stock. It's a penny stock, but uh, I think it's a pretty interesting company. Why are you asking me if you don't think I'm going to like it? Because um, you don't like, um, I don't know. <laughs> Do you own shares of this company? Yeah. Okay. Tell me, tell me the story on why you bought it. Um, well, I first found the stock uh, while taking a um, biology class in college. And uh, we talked about how they use stem cells to uh, help cure someone's cancer um, or, you know, help with the treatment. Um, found the stock while doing some uh, a term paper. Thought it looked interesting. Thought they had a kind of a cool thing that they were going. And uh, just kind of been following it. Bought some shares. They've tanked. Go up every now and then. But the long term, it kind of looks like a good stock. Yeah, I can't find the ticker symbol. You say it's called Core Blood? Core Blood America. But, uh, it's on the board, so it's C-B-A-I dot O-B. Let's see if I can find it. Yeah, it's coming up slowly. Give me another second to pull up a little bit more information. Now, what other stocks do you own? Um, kind of the big players, uh, Johnson Johnson, uh, okay. Apple, um, you know, kind of just diversified through kind of uh, pretty strong stocks. So you're not crazy is what it comes down to. No. <laughs> now, why are you interested in this one? It's it's not even worth a penny. Um, well, it, it's, I, I had a bunch of shares, and uh, it shot up the last couple of days. And um, I was wondering if I should just dump them. Um, but, I mean, it has some potential. I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's going to start actually storing the the cells itself instead of going out through third parties and then built a new facility. Um, I don't know. It just kind of looked interesting. Well, what you have basically is what I would refer to as almost a stupid bet. Um, because it's not even worth a penny. It's worth seven-tenths of a penny. And if they had something, don't you think Johnson & Johnson would buy them? Do you, yeah. see, do you see where I'm kind of going out with that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you need to be really careful and almost admit that like this doesn't make sense. Uh, Merck, Pfizer, Lilly, I mean, they all need new product right now. And cord blood, you know, when you have a kid in this day and age, you can uh, basically stave the stem cells. You can get the you know blood from the placenta and all that stuff and store it. And if your kid develops leukemia, then you'd be able to do stem cell research with his actual stem cells. And it makes a lot of sense. A lot of people are doing this. But I'd be very, very careful. Um, they do private cord blood stem cell preservation services. It engages in collecting, processing, and preserving. Uh, when you take a look at some of the statistics on it, they're, they're, they're not there. Um, and that's the problem with, with small cap companies. Um, and thanks for the call. That's one of the, the problems is that this company is not even worth a penny. Not even worth a penny. Now, their market cap's $19 million. Um, their operating margins negative 45%. So let me ask you this, you know, here's a better one. They've got $3 million in revenue, but for some reason they're losing buckets of money. Their total debt's $3.9 million. Okay. $3.9 million. Um, operating cash flow is negative $780,000 per quarter. Um, leverage cash flow negative million dollars. So there, it, if I were to have a, 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 a a, a lemonade stand and the numbers were to look that bad you'd say rob i'm shutting you down now i think it's cute that you want to follow this company and i'm going to totally agree with you that's fair and it is a good story because stem cells may become more you know 
uh, loved by America. And then they might be at the right place at the right time. But I don't think they do anything that hospitals can't do. I don't think they do anything that other companies can't do. So that's where I'd be very, very, you know, storing blood isn't exactly, you know, coming up with the next operating system for Apple. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Hey, if you want to take a gamble, bet on black in Vegas. You can get some free booze. Single deck blackjack, that's probably your best odds. Get some free booze. Or you can do buy core blood. I don't know. Not my game. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. You're listening to Rob Black. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Let's go to Ella in Oakland, 800-345-5639, and it is Aloha Friday. No work till Monday. What's up, Ella? Hi. Hi, Rob. Thanks Hi. so much for taking my call. Um, this is great. Um, at least I can get this word out. Um, I have I had California Housing Finance Agency and servicer on my home in Oakland. Um, they refused to modify my loan on an upside-down house, um, and they have a page on their website indicating that California housing doesn't do modifications based on the President's uh, stability plan that was put out by the Treasury Department this year, um, indicating they, are, they have to answer to their investors and bondholders. And so I lost my home based on the fact that they would not use my income to modify the loan. Um, so I don't know if this is some kind of secret uh, within the California housing system, but I did alert the governor's office, and they're investigating it. Um, so I'm not sure if the word is out, and I'd like to uh, discuss it. Thanks for the call. 800-345-5639. The CHFA, and this is what I have to throw out at you, it's, it's the California Housing Finance Authority. Loans are monitored by the California Housing Finance Authority. It enables low-cost financing up to 100% for, for eligible first-time home buyers. The traditional CHFA mortgage is offered at 97%, 3% down payment, 30 years, discounted 3%. Typically, you're getting a great deal by getting into that product. Now, annual household income it does not exceed income limits. Home being purchased must be owner-occupied. you got to be a first-time home buyer. You have to have sufficient assets with savings available to meet the down payment requirement. You have to have the legal right to permanently reside in the house. Um, anytime you take out a loan, that company doesn't have to legally modify it. In any way, shape, or form, they don't have to. So you may think that that's your right, but it's not a right. Because someone loaned you that money, and someone loaned that bank that money. And ultimately, there's a contract between, let's say, Mr. Moneybags loaned CHFA a million dollars. And then CHFA loaned $100,000 to 10 different people. Mr. Moneybags still wants his deal. Honored. Just because you're upside down, Mr. Moneybags, he, he acted in good faith. He gave out the money. CHFA dispersed it. Now, CHFA can go to him and say, Mr. Moneybags. And Mr. Moneybags could be a private institution. Or Mr. Moneybags could be Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. Or Mr. Moneybags could be Goldman Sachs. 
It's not a God-given right that Mr. Moneybags is going to say, you know what? She's upside down and alone. Boo-hoo. It's not, it's just, sorry. I know I'm mean. And I'm not trying to be mean, but that's the reality of it. There's, there's more than just you and the bank involved. Let's go to Chad in San Francisco. Chad? Chad in San Francisco. Hey, Rob, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Um, my question is about ExxonMobil. I um, originally bought it for a long-term hold last year before the uh, crash, and I've been able to repurchase it a few times at a lower price to kind of um, smother some of my losses. But I'm trying to get some money together in the next six months or so to upgrade my uh, real estate because I have a change in living situation. And just curious what you thought um, about the stock at this point, if I should sell it now and take a take about an 8% loss or if I should wait what's for this, it to come up. What's this up a change more. in living situation? Um, well, let's see. I, I'm in a, uh, in a, a one bedroom in, in San Francisco yeah. and I'm probably going to be having a uh, living girlfriend or, or possibly, um, I, I just kind of outgrowing this where I am now, I guess. Sure. Okay. So you're basically going to be buying a home or going to be renting something bigger. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sell the place I'm in now and, and buy something else. I don't think ExxonMobil goes lower than where it currently is by no more than 2 to 3%. So okay. I think it can get down to 65. It can get a little bit lower in a strained market. But I like the dividend. I like the valuation. I like the stock buybacks. Um, there's nothing that I don't like about Exxon for a 10-year period. Now, here's the kicker, Chad, is that Obama, let's say, you remember every time like Bush, he wasn't the most coordinated president. He'd get on a Segway and he'd fall off. Right. He, he'd choke on a peanut. And, uh, I mean, he was almost like near death. Um, he had a vice president that shot people. If something bad were to happen to Obama, stock market can go down. If a plane goes into the World Trade Center, stock market can go down. If we don't create any jobs, the stock market can go down. So I would say if you have to use it for upgrading your lifestyle, I think you got to sell it. But I think if you're patient, I think it's a great long-term name. Um, but... That, I guess since you're, you have to upgrade your lifestyle, then I'd go ahead and start letting it go after it pays their dividend. Thanks for the call. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. A lot of calls this hour. Thank you. Um, I've got some content that I want to get to, but I do appreciate the calls. For instance, here's a quick, 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 quick content for you. Apple got upgraded today. $265 price target. I'll talk about that in the next hour. That ain't too shabby for a $185 stock. 800-345-5639. Next hour, we'll talk to Brian in the East Bay. Right around the corner, it's Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.